This is a podcast of two type A girls working hard to untangle the BS stories and expectations related to this illusion of perfection. Life is hard enough without adding pressure to be more, do more, be the best. It's an ever moving target. And so, in an attempt to inch closer to our authentic selves, the vulnerable, messy, and uniquely beautiful, we have decided to push back. Bit by bit, we are untangling society's demands of us, sinking in to our own intuition. If something makes us feel more alive, we're doing more of that. If something drains us, we're gonna practice removing ourselves. This is a journey we hope you'll join us on. Together, we will explore insights, tips, and tricks, all in an attempt to help you uncover your truest, most authentic self. Okay, we are back today for our third episode. We thought we would talk a little bit more about ourselves, our background, kind of our relationship now. Um, We've talked a lot about our two topics, but I thought it was a good time kind of to pause and for you guys to learn a bit more about us. So I think most importantly, I, we should talk about how you and I met. Um, so I'll kind of let you share more on that. Okay. I'm going to share my version. I will be so interested to see your (laughs) perspective of it and if it kind of aligns in our memory. Um, so about, Oh my goodness, like four years, five I years? I think it might have only been like three or four years ago. Four at most. Okay, I think like four because I've been in Texas too. So anyway, four years ago, I was working as a BCBA and we'll get into all that and what that means at a clinic and we primarily served um, children with autism and their autism kind of manifests in a way that impedes their ability to really kind of function um, in school, in a school setting and kind of in society. And so they have big needs across um, behavior and self-help and independence and all of those things. And so while at the clinic, we have registered behavior technicians that deliver this therapy So Maddie was interviewed and she got assigned to my team. So initially I was her supervisor at a clinic where I oversaw kind of the treatment plans. And then Maddie was one of my individuals that was um, doing that therapy one-on-one with clients. So it started with me being her boss and... Okay, chime in there. See if there's anything that you would add just to that piece. That's a little more factual than we can go right. beyond that. Um, I think, like, the most interesting part is that, yes, you are my boss. Um, and I know I've told you this before, but I don't know if you remember. It was probably, like, my first week there, so I'm just being, like, shown around. It might have been my very first day. Like, I was being shown around the clinic, and I don't feel like the BCBAs themselves were being introduced to me. Like, I just knew, like, oh, these people work here. I didn't know their roles. Um, and we were in the cafeteria and I remember like making eye contact with you and being so intimidated. And I remember being like, (laughs) oh my God, she hates me already. Um, and I don't even know why I thought that like we, you literally just looked at me, but yeah, I ended up being on your team. And so I think I was a little bit leery at first because of what my, my perception, but I remember like within a week, I like loved you already. And I should note that this was my very first, like, big girl job. It was my first job outside of college, so it was a big deal for me. 
that's super interesting. I've been told that once before that I have an intimidating look, which I think is hilarious because I feel like I'm smiling all the time. And, and you're literally open. the nicest person ever. So, like, person. I don't know why. I it, You hadn't said anything to me. You literally looked at me and I was, like, scared. <laughs> Good. You were probably not happy when you then got assigned to my team. But I am so, so grateful you were. Um, and I think initially for me, I was, like, drawn to your genuineness and just openness and you could tell like right off the bat you know when you meet someone just kind of the vibe mm-hmm. like, oh they're a good person just like good all around that's kind of I got that vibe right away and then for me like your willingness to work with any and all of our clients and kind of do whatever needed to be done for kind of the good of the team right. um was definitely intriguing and drew me to you right away and then kind of that openness and just as we're in some real hard situations with different kids um just sharing in that where you automatically were put in vulnerable positions um physically and mentally and emotionally (laughs) and so you kind of get close whether you want to or not um yeah that's kind of the nature of working in a clinic I think that kind of created a foundation Mm mm-hmm And I feel like when I look back on the dynamic, it's weird because, like I said, I had that, like, initial perception, and then I was on your team, and I really liked you. Um, I kind of want to dig into this later, but I just feel like you were were and you are an excellent leader. Um, But it was still always, like, you are my boss. And so I was trying to think back, like, when did we become friends? Because I I think it was before I left the clinic because I left before um you were still working there when I had left and I think I was going through what was like one of the most difficult times in my life with relationships and whatnot and I remember like it began affecting my work and so then you were there for me and we met for coffee outside and I think that's when our relationship kind of started to change into more of a friendship I was kind of thinking of that too and I really felt like and Maybe this is not the word, but it shifted from just being a boss to like a mentor almost like a, and so it shifted from just, I'm telling you what to do to how can I help you become that best version of yourself? And it started as your best version of yourself as an employee, Mm -hmm. right? Like, how can we help grow your skills as the behavior tech? Because that's mutually beneficial, right? right? Mm -hmm. And so I think that's kind of where it started in just that skill side of things. And then with that vulnerability and the more time that we spent together, um, it became empowering you as an individual. And so I think that mentorship piece kind of became stronger and then like you said I think when you were moved off my team and moved to a different team I was like oh my gosh I miss her and that was a big deal right and part of that was growth I I pushed you to go to a different team to learn new skills and have different experiences but it was hard it was hard not to have you and just realizing like oh maybe this thing we had going here was more than just a boss and an employee um And that probably is like when we went for coffee and then I almost felt it shift into and a little bit still now, like not just a friendship, but like a big sister Mm -hmm. 
role. Like that's how I felt like it kind of went from like a boss, to like a mentor, which is obviously deeper. And then almost like to that big sister yeah. role, like giving advice and wanting what's best for you. And, um, that, like, I kind of felt like that was kind of the road. Right. Yeah. I definitely feel the same about the dynamic of our relationship. And I also was thinking, I think a big piece of us becoming closer, um, the more we began talking about like our backgrounds, we had a lot of like commonality there. Um, so I feel like that drew us closer. And I think it was like, well, after I had left the clinic, when we really started, like, I don't even know if it was that we like text, but I feel like I would invite you out to the lake and things. And our relationship just became different, especially once I was like no longer an em- an employee there. Yeah, I think there was a shift and it didn't hurt that um, you were willing to babysit my kids, which we'll <laughs> talk about too. And just kind of, you still worked at the clinic, but it kind of crossed, like the lines got blurred between an employee boss relationship when I then <laughs> took the next step, like this like, <laughs> romantic relationship, but like invite someone into mm-hmm. your home and open up and like you're vulnerable enough to say like I'm gonna see you every day and there's a possibility that when you come see how I live right outside of work I'm a little bit everyone is a little bit different at home and at work and so kind of that piece of like openness and vulnerability um a little bit out of need like I need to be away from my kids and I need a babysitter and you're about the age and you seem responsible like come on over and um, that maybe speaks to my parenting as well. Like, I just need to get away. But I do think that was like a piece too. Where like, okay, let's open up my world. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then you would share more about kind of your world outside right, of work. Right. So I feel like that kind of like summarizes the history and like to like our current state of friendship and our relationship. Um, we will also dig into this, but now like we live states away from each other so that's like a whole new element and honestly we hadn't even though like I will always consider you a friend and I could reach out to you anytime we didn't really talk that much like keep up with each other until now so it's just exciting to like reconnect because this is something we're both so passionate about which is cool yeah and it's almost like that next level or dimension Mm -hmm. right like we had these different labels I guess on how we would define our relationship in different stages. And I think like, like you said, this is a whole new one to kind of dig in and explore where it wasn't like you're at this point in your life and you're at a different point. And how do we help each other get to the next point? It's like, we're a little bit closer, mm-hmm. not a hundred percent, obviously, but like a little bit closer to being in similar positions, right. um, which is different and kind of exciting. Yeah, for sure. I feel like, um, I just want to note this real quick because I'm the one that edits a podcast and I listen back. I say, right, yeah, and I feel like <laughs> so much, so I'm sorry for that. Um, I can't wait to hear all of your I feel Oh, likes. my gosh. It's rough. But anyhow, as you just said, like, we're not in the exact same place, um, but we're, like, closer than maybe we were in the past. But I think that also brings such a cool element to like this podcast or whatever this will become for other people because even though it's not like a race or like 
you're further along than I am. In a sense, you are because you have more experience and you've had your own well, self development. I mean, I'm I'm significantly older, so that <laughs> not significantly, but yeah, I think it will also be cool for people to kind of hear like our different like histories that got us to where we are, but then maybe also like as I'm learning from you, other people can be learning as well. I don't know if that mm-hmm. exactly makes sense. Um, yeah, I think that's a good hope. So the next thing we should definitely dig into is just starting back at the very beginning. Um, so I thought we could share a little bit more on like childhoods or like just key things from there, like where you grew up, I guess, to start with. Okay. I was born in Chicago, but when we were about three, we moved to Iowa and I was raised in a small, not super small, not big, (laughs) medium-ish, medium-ish town in Iowa um, while most of my family was still in Illinois, somewhere all over. But needless to say, we grew up in Iowa. We did not grow up around family. The closest family member was like three hours away and we went back to see them really frequently. But that really was a key element, I think, looking back is my parents did a really, really good job of creating a community somewhere where we had no friends. And when I say that we had family friends, like so many close family friends that became like family, um, some still are. And so creating those communities around us um, and doing that with a lot of intention I think was something that not all people experience, like the depth and connection of forming your own community and friendships and how they can serve as family. And I think that was, it's like literally just dawning on me how important that's been as I've moved while we, I've grown up and we can get into that later, but the importance of intentionality of who you surround yourself with was kind of modeled to me subconsciously Mm -hmm. um from a really early age because lived in Iowa I'm the oldest of four but the closest family member was three hours away and that was a key piece kind of right of me growing up I think that that's like I had a light bulb moment as you were speaking because I know that when you lived here in Indiana um you also didn't have like close family and I feel like you did really really prioritize making these strong relationships that were beyond just like a friendship like it was more like family um so I can see how that's like carried on into your adult life as well yeah it served me really well and we'll get into this but we've moved a lot um since we've been married Iowa to Illinois to Indiana to Texas and every time like we haven't moved to places Illinois was a little different. We did have people around, but most of those places, like we didn't know anyone or knew like maybe one person. And so, yeah, having that modeled, I think that's dawning on me too of like, that's not the default or supernatural and it might feel really hard and uncomfortable for others, but that's what my family did from day one. And so that was kind of a really cool piece that family is not just who you're born into right but like who you choose to be around and that's not easy to form relationships outside of your immediate family like I know that's something I myself would struggle with um so just that's just cool and especially because now your kids are learning the same thing that you had growing up yeah but it's also cool what you had tell us about it um 
I have been born and raised in Indiana, never left, <laughs> even though, <laughs> uh, as Maggie knows, and I'm sure I will mention it throughout here plenty, I would absolutely love to move out west, specifically like Oregon or Washington. Um, but as I just mentioned, I'm very, very close with my family, and so that's a challenging decision. But yeah, I have just been here in Indiana, northern Indiana my whole life. But... You're one of how many? What did that look like? So when I was, until I was in about fourth or fifth grade, my parents were married. Um, So I grew up in a household with like my mom, my dad. I have two older siblings and a younger sibling. Um, And so like, it felt like even though we would fight as siblings do, like I always had best friends and it was just fun because we were all exactly two years apart. So it just really played into us being able to use each other as friends. Um, And I guess this is kind of like jumping ahead, but I now have a little, little brother (laughs) that is clearly I need to include him with my siblings. It's still weird for me because there's like a 24-year age gap. I'm old enough to be his mom. Um, MBD, not weird. (laughs) (laughs) Share more on your siblings as well. Okay, so I am the oldest of four. Um... There's eight total years between the four of us, not an even two, two, two um, years in between, but there's four of us in eight years. Um, the whole time I was growing up, my parents were together and married and it was all six of us in the house and a dog and the whole thing. Um, my parents got divorced when I was 25. A um, lot of drama, trauma, deep family stuff maybe we'll get into in another episode occurred at that point um but as far as my childhood growing up it was the six of us in the house me being the oldest and I think that like (laughs) is one of the biggest descriptors of me because all the all the stereotypical oldest things bossy (laughs) a leader a natural caretaker like 100% always the one who's willing to help and join in like one million percent I am oldest I don't think I knew that (laughs) do you feel like the birth order um when sometimes when I hear like middle child things it feels a bit like me but not necessarily I don't know if that I think not labels but just the different experiences that me and my siblings had that order didn't necessarily apply as much I would say um But what kind of things did you enjoy, like, either with your siblings or just, like, yourself growing up? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm-hmm. One piece to note, and this probably also affected me, like, stereotypical oldest, and then I went to a Catholic school from preschool to, like, through college, and then still a private school for my master's. So, again, we'll get into that. But um, that is a piece to note because everyone can think all the things about Catholic school. It was like the best experience. I would not take it back. I had the same about-ish 42 or so kids in my class from kindergarten through high school. Like obviously other kids got added in high school, but like almost all of the kids, almost all of them were the same the entire time. Um, and so that was a big factor. I had amazing friendships that were deep. And a lot of those like 
their families were friends with our families and a Michael in my class, like my family go to his family's house and like, oh, we're going to Michael's house, but he's truly was one of my good friends. Like, so I think like having um, those connections was giant. So that was, again, a piece of that friendship thing was not just our family friends and those dynamics, but like I had very consistent friendships growing up, um, which looking back, like so lucky to have. As far as like what I did, I played softball for eight years. I ran track um, from junior high through college. Um, I was in, believe it or not, like every single club in high school and like the president of all the clubs. I mean, I did like all the things. Um, Very involved. I was just like so stereotypical, like a good student and I, whatever. I was that kid, right? And I had a hard time saying no. And looking back, I'm like, God, some of the lessons I've learned growing up, like I should have wished I had then. Um, but when I wasn't like doing my own things, it was like, okay, the family is going to watch my brother's baseball game. Or like my sister was more into theater or um, just so many nights at the baseball fields for my two brothers. So many nights. Um, so yeah, just like going to things and supporting each other and most of the time growing up, it was like the family ate dinner together. Um, obviously as I got older and parent dynamics changed, started, started to change. Um, but for most of my childhood, it was like, okay, five thirty dinner, all six of us, like, unless we had an activity, um, going on that night. And then even then it was like, we would most of the time, not always, but like go to the brother's game together. They would come to my softball game together. Um, so a little bit like, stereotypical which is kind of hilarious where things <laughs> I mean the absolute <laughs> shit show that like went down later on in life but I know you're laughing it's true um but as I was growing up that's kind of like the actual upbringing part um yeah but being the oldest just like trickled into every other mm-hmm. piece of me because it was so ingrained that that's who I was. See, and this is fun for me because, like, even though we've known each other for a couple years, I don't even know all of these things. So, like, I don't think I knew that you were the oldest sibling or if I knew that I had forgot. You and probably yeah, would have guessed. like, oh, my I... gosh, that makes so much sense. Um, and it's also just interesting to, like, learn about – because it is kind of like you said in many ways. It's like this, like, picture-perfect family and, like, your school setting and all of that. But I was also thinking how different our upbringing was because, like, even starting with the school, I went to the biggest district in my local area. So literally a game I would play in high school is walking down the hallway and I would every other person be like, never seen them before. I have never seen them before. Like, there were just so many kids. So I didn't have that experience. Um, I actually feel like I got really lost in being in such a big school. But I also, again, unlike you, was not very involved in, I wasn't involved in sports, period. Um, <laughs> and I don't think that I, at the time, had the confidence or drive to, like, even be involved in clubs and things. Um, but where we, our stories kind of do align or have similarities is that I 100% was, like, a perfectionist in my schooling, so I was, like, I was a good student, um, I also struggled to say no to people, um, 
but kind of beyond all of that, I think when I was younger, like, if I think back to hobbies, like, the only thing that comes to mind is reading. Like, I was the kid that my mom would literally, like, ground me from my books. Not from, like... Same! Oh, my God. (laughs) Like, not video games, not the TV or the computer. Like, I didn't get to have my books because I always had my nose in a book, especially when Twilight came out. Like, it's just that... You still... You still... That's true. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, um... Definitely loved reading, but sports weren't really my thing. Um, But I was very active. Like, still to this day, a huge part of my life is just being outside. So whether that was, like, playing with the neighborhood kids or hanging out with my mom, like, we were always, always outside. And that's something I still hold very dear to this day. Um, Yeah, I feel like that honestly, like, kind of summarizes, like, hobbies are what not not in its entirety like that doesn't summarize my whole life there were struggles as I I know we all have um but yeah just like hobbies and things like that what did you want to be when you grew up so I guess this is kind of ties into what I was just saying something that I struggled with like deep deep to my core one of the hardest things I've been through is when I was from kin, no, not kindergarten, from first grade through to seventh grade, I had horrible, horrible, severe anxiety, um, specifically related to, like, leaving my parents to go to school, uh, so the beginning, like, this time of year, I walk outside and, like, I want to puke, like, the, like, smells and just, like, feel of going back to school is very traumatic for me. Um, so anyhow, when I grew up, I thought I wanted to be a counselor because like, aside from my parents, the safest person and place in the world for me was our elementary school therapist. So yeah, that's like kind of sad, but I remember like that being probably like the first thing that I was like, Oh, I want to be that when I grow up. I love that. Yeah. What about you? What a, what a good heart. Like, growing up, my favorite thing to play um, was teacher. My mom was a teacher. Um, and I was good at school. And school was easy for me. And so I loved the idea of school. And you can, like, boss kids around when your kids are your stuffed <laughs> animals and your siblings that are your students when you're playing. Um, so I got to be the assertive leader, um, but a teacher. That's what I wanted to be. And then as I got older... I kept, I was told, like, you should be a teacher. Like, you would be a great teacher. And then I was like, nope, not doing that. Because everyone's telling me I should. Uh Um, And I had a huge interest in, like, math and science. And so, I don't know at what point. But at one point, it shifted then to wanting to do something in the medical field. Um, Right. Which I guess is kind of a blend of the two things of what I do now. I was about to say, you kind of ended up in, like, a tie of the two. Yeah. What was your, like initial undergraduate degree for okay my initial undergraduate (laughs) degree um for someone who's like super driven and thinks I know what I want and efficient and productive and all those descriptors right um it took me like five majors to get to my thing so I started um pre-med and thank god I did because I have like this amazing group of college friends and 
they all were pre-med and ended up being like physical therapists and a doctor and an occupational therapist. I didn't, but like I met them. So thank God that was the path I started on. Um, first I was pre-med to be a doctor. Then I was psyched to be an OT. Then I was psyched to be a psychologist. And then, um, gosh, I like gave in and I was like, dang it. I need to revisit this teaching thing because I wanted to help kids and when I went to talk to a counselor advisor advisor in college, I was talking through it and I was like, the piece I really, really love would be to teach kids like foundational skills, like to teach them the independence to like function in school and get this foundation of like a love of learning. And so I ended up getting my bachelor's in um, early childhood special ed. Um, and that's kind of when things started to click for me. Um, but because it had taken me a little while to get through, I ended up also with minors in biology and psychology um, okay. because I had taken some of my classes in those and still were an interest to me. Um, so yeah, early childhood special education was where it not started, but where it ended. Sure. It's really cool to hear though, because even though you did have all of these different steps or ideas of where you thought you were headed in a way, they still all tie together. Um, and I'm like even reflecting on my own career journey that is so, so true. And like I'll vouch to anybody that like we're where we're at when we're meant to be essentially like everything. I know it's so cliche and it sucks to hear, but I feel like everything does happen for a reason kind of leading you to where you end up. Um, but yeah, I also had absolutely no idea what I wanted to do when I got to college. I also actually started like biomed when I don't, I guess it was just like biochem, but obviously like everybody that's a biochem major thinks they're going to be a doctor. (laughs) Um, then I spent the next three years, like jumping from one to the other, but never committing to anything. And I ended up just with like a general studies degree, but I, it's landed me where I'm at now and I'm happy. So I definitely feel like we could do an entire topic on careers. That's something that's really important to me. So we'll probably revisit this. Yeah. I think that's a good start and end for this one. Obviously there's a lot more that goes into that and, oh my God, I've been out of college like 12 years, 11 years. I don't know. It feels like a long time. I started college 15 years ago. No, Oh my God. Okay. Too long ago. <laughs> um, yeah. And obviously a lot has happened since then, but I would be curious just to pivot from like the career as we revisit that, but we talked about like ourselves growing up and, um, just what are some highlights of our lives now outside of work? I think right. work and career often is so intertwined when we talk about who are you or what do you do or describe yourself and like the first Mm -hmm. thing we default to often not always but often is tied to our career and so I'm curious just like where are you now as a person had you not said that I definitely would have started with I am and told you all about my jobs and things which is great Um, that you're passionate and interested and again we can revisit but I think yeah as a human who are you as a human it's important what are pieces of your life outside of work so I live with my boyfriend. Again, I still live like essentially in my hometown. Um, just the two of us in our apartment. But then I also have my family 
all within like 30 minutes. And I would say if I'm not working or working, I'm with my family pretty much. That's very, very important to me. So I spend a lot of time out at my mom's lake house. Um, I have five nieces and nephews, which is crazy because they're all under like four and under. So it just feels like they exploded out of nowhere and I have a bunch of them. Well, some but of I love them did. Them to death. <laughs> yep, that's true. <laughs> and my little brother. So yeah, um, I feel like my life's, I don't want to say sadly, it's not all sad, but a huge piece of my life is my work. Um, but if I'm really just reflecting on like my personal life, I would say it is my relationship with my boyfriend and we love traveling we like going to breweries and coffee shops or i'm spending time with all the kiddos in my life what about you what what does life look like okay um again outside of work i am married to sean we've been married for i should know this off the top of my head 11 years um we've been together for over 15 we met my we met my freshman year of college. We started dating my sophomore year of college. Um, we have two kids. Lucy is nine and Grayson is eight. So third and fourth grade um, just started this week. We have a two-year-old dog named Raya and she is nuts and 80 pounds of crazy. Um, yeah, that's kind of the life and when I say my life outside of work it's literally like my kids activities um so Lucy is in like competitive dance and that's a couple nights a week and then Grayson plays flag football um and when I'm not doing all that I am a champion napper um love to hear it a huge (laughs) right a huge bookworm I read a lot um I work out almost every day, and then I love, like, doodling. Like, I'll sit in front of the TV and just kind of color, and I think that, like, brings me back to, like, my childhood simplistic side of life that's really important to revisit for me. Um, yeah, and then the other piece would in adult life would just be that we have moved, and I know I kind of alluded to that, but we were married in Iowa where we went to college. That's where we had Lucy. And then we moved to Illinois for a few years, Indiana for a few years. And now we've been in Texas for two and a half years. So moving around is definitely plays into the story and kind of growth right. that I've experienced as well. This is totally just like a side note, but do you have, what's your favorite state that you've lived in? Oh gosh. Well, Iowa, Illinois, and Indiana are not, like, that different. I mean, Mm -hmm. you're in the Midwest, and people are nice, and you have the Four Seasons, and um, there's that. I would say Iowa and Indiana, where we lived in each of those states, are similar, like, pace-wise. Illinois, we lived um, right outside of Chicago, so the pace of life was faster. Um, And then Texas is... Very different. I think, like, it's been 106 on average for, like, every day for the past three weeks, which is even hot for here. Kind of nuts. Um, But the benefit of that is, like, it's sunny, like, 99% of the time. And it is three out of four seasons. And summer is the one that's hot. But, like, the other seasons are beautiful and mild. And um, 
So my ability to be outside and appreciate being outside lasts longer throughout the year. Um, so that, I don't know if it's my favorite, but like that piece I do appreciate. There is something about like it being bright every day and that I didn't know I needed until I was here. But like I could way do without the 109. And the thing that's hard about here is like we've met people and we have friends here and all of that, but I'm not by my people. And when I say my people, it could be in any one of those three I states mm-hmm. and I'd be within driving distance of my people. And now I have a little bit of family close by, but like to get to my people, it's yeah. like 16 hours. And so right. that's tricky. Um, I don't know. So I don't know that I have a favorite cause they're all so different and they have pros and cons of each, right. but I genuinely miss being able to like hop in the car and be to any one of my people, family, or like my really close friends within a few hours. That's right. really hard. Yeah, that makes sense. And it also makes sense just that there's like pieces of each that you can identify as being nice. I'm very jealous of the sunshine, as I alluded to. I I would be outside like every minute of every day if I could. And I don't get it's, that in Indiana where it's freezing cold. You can be outside cold every or, minute of every day, like eight months of the year and like these two months right now are and the opposite of here where it's like the winter rough yeah yes right hi y'all this is editing maddie maggie and i can get quite wordy as you can imagine and i suppose that's why we decided to make a podcast um Anyhow, for that reason, we're deciding to break this Get to Know Us episode into two parts. So part two will be released next, and in that episode, we're going to be digging into labels for ourselves, labels for one another, and then we'll briefly touch on careers. So we will talk to you then. Bye.